Well, maybe someday someone's going to listen to these summaries I have of the regulations. Um, today we're talking about 483.24, quality of life. Uh, this regulation says that quality of life is a fundamental principle that applies to all care and services provided to facility residents. So each resident must receive and the facility must provide the necessary care and services to attain and maintain the highest practicable physical, mental, and psychosocial well-being consistent with the resident's comprehensive assessment and plan of care. So based on the comprehensive assessment of the resident and consistent with the resident's needs and choices, the facility must provide the necessary care and services to ensure that a resident's abilities in activities of daily living do not diminish unless circumstances of the individual clinical condition demonstrate that it is unavoidable. So if somebody came into your facility and they were able to walk, that ability to walk should not diminish by being in the facility. So you need to provide um, activities and you need to assure that a resident's abilities are not diminishing because of their stay. So, um, so a resident must be given the appropriate treatment and services to maintain or improve his or her ability to carry out their activities of daily living. So activities of daily living are um, dressing themselves, cleaning themselves, mobility, elimination, dining, communication. Um, so if any of those things are getting worse, like a resident was able to talk and now they're not able to talk, then you need to have it reflected in the care plan, the reason that that's happening. And so sometimes um, a resident diminishing in their abilities to complete their activities of daily living is unavoidable due to a medical condition. So, but your, your care plan just needs to reflect that. So, and your care pl plan also needs to reflect that they were given the appropriate treatment and services to maintain or improve their activities of daily living. So, if a resident is unable to carry out their ADLs, um, then you need to show in the care plan that they're provided with good nutrition, grooming, personal, and oral hygiene. So activities of daily living, if a resident cannot dress themselves, they cannot feed themselves, they cannot brush their own teeth, you need to demonstrate in your documentation that you're providing oral care, that you're providing assistance with dressing, that you're providing grooming and personal hygiene as well. So you're keeping this resident clean. So um, the next part of this regulation talks about um, talks about the resident's advanced directives. So upon admission, you should be getting a resident's advanced directives. There's really three types of advanced directives. There's a living will, there's a power of attorney, and then there's a healthcare proxy. So um, there's a form called a POST form. If you go to post.org, you can learn more about the POST form. But this is basically an advanced directive where the resident's going to let you know or their representative is going to let you know if they want life-saving measures. Do they want CPR if they go into cardiac arrest? So you need to know these things and every single resident should have a section of their functioning chart that has a 
um, either a post form, some type of a living will telling you, do they want CPR? Who makes decisions for this resident? Who makes decisions for them as far as their health is concerned? You need to know that. And you need to know who makes decisions for them um, with regard to their finances. Or do they make their own decisions? And what are their decisions? If they do not want CPR, then you should not be administering CPR if they go into cardiac arrest. And the only way you're going to know that is if you have some system among your employees where your employees, they know which residents want CPR and they know which residents don't want CPR. And so you have to have something in place where it's easy enough for your staff members to tell who wants this and who does not want this. Reading directly from the regulation, it says this. It says personnel provide, it's essential, okay, it's essential. Personnel provide basic life support, including CPR, to a resident requiring such emergency care prior to the arrival of emergency medical personnel and subject to related physician orders and the resident's advanced directives. If you don't have um, advanced directive, like they're, if you don't know who's making decisions for them or what kind of decisions they want made um, with regard to CPR, you need to have something in place so that you can figure that out. So, um, then the next part of the regulation just specifies what activities of daily living are, which I've already talked about. Um, it's hygiene, bathing, dressing, grooming, and oral care, mobility, transfer and ambulation, including walking, elimination, which means toileting, so and dining, eating, including meals and snacks, communication, including um, any like if they have a board that they communicate with, including any, anything that helps them to communicate. So communication. And then um, speech, language, other functional communication systems. So those are all included within communication. So that includes their speech, their language, other functional communication systems. So... Just when you're looking at your resident, the main thing to keep in mind with the quality of life regulation is that their quality of life is not diminishing with their abilities to take care of themselves or um, they're not diminishing due to not having their needs met by others. So let's say that they are admitted to the facility and they already cannot dress themselves, they cannot ambulate, they cannot... Uh, communicate. Let's just say that that's the case. If that's the case, you're just showing that you are meeting their needs or you're providing the services that are needed so that they can continue to meet their own needs. So read through this regulation. The next part of the regulation talks about activities. In fact, the whole regulation I would probably put my activity director in charge of this regulation because the activity director has a lot of power when it comes to quality of life. And the activity director could notice in activities if someone's not clean, if someone's not being taken care of, if they don't smell good. So it's a good idea to possibly put the activity director in charge of this regulation and also get the activity aides involved in this regulation to make sure that people are being provided with activities, things to do that they like to do. That's part of their quality of life. So you have to continue to provide them with activities. So the facility must provide based on the comprehensive assessment and the care plan 
and the preferences of each resident, an ongoing program to support residents in their choice of activities, both facility-sponsored group and individual activities, and independent activities designed to meet the interests of and support the physical, mental, and psychosocial well-being of each resident, encouraging both independent interaction in the community. Independent and interaction in the community. So the activities program must be directed by a qualified um, professional who is a qualified therapeutic recreation specialist or an activities professional who is licensed or registered if applicable by the state in which practicing and is eligible for certification as a therapeutic recreation specialist or as an activity professional by a recognized accrediting body on or after October 1st, 1990 or has two years of experience in social or recreational program within the last five years, one of which was a full t- one of which was full-time in therapeutic activities program or is a qualified occupational therapist or occupational therapy assistant or has completing or has completed a training course course approved by the state. So you have to make sure the right people are in charge of activities. So as you go to ecfr.com Gov, Title 42, Public Health, 482 to 699, 43, Subpart B. Go to the regulation, Quality of Care, which is 43.25. You'll see what the qualifications are. It's written out in this regulation. It talks about how you have to make sure that a person's quality of life does not diminish in a care facility. So just make sure that you have somebody in charge of this regulation that's going to notice how people feel and how they smell surveyors are really going to be looking at that when they come to your facility they're going to be looking to see if people have makeup on to see if people look like they're happy to see if people are really being taken care of so you want to make sure that your residents look clean that they smell good and that somebody cares about what they like to do and how they're feeling so activities is a great uh, department to put in charge of this regulation so the next regulation that we'll talk about, um, this one was quality of life and 43.25 is quality of care. So you may notice in these um, podcasts that I do that I repeat myself a lot because generally when things are so complicated, when these regu- when we're dealing with these complicated regulations, it's hard to remember things. There are many pages of regulations Um, more than 50 of the just the straight regulations and there are more than 740 pages of interpretive guidelines for these regulations so it is very complicated so when I'm trying to dumb it down and if I repeat myself it's not because I think people can't understand and they're not smart it's because it'll help you to just remember the important points you have such a more complicated understanding of this whole process if you're working in long-term care right now um, than most people do. And this podcast is just to help you to remember the important points. So when you go, oh, quality of life, I remember that had a lot to do with activities. So that's the reason I'm repeating myself a lot so that you'll remember and you'll associate certain things like the quality of life regulation with activities, with the comprehensive um, care planning, with the MDS nurse, you know, like just certain associations that maybe you'll start to think about in your mind 
So I hope that it's helpful for somebody someday along the lines. I'm going to continue doing these podcasts, even though nobody really listens, and maybe someday it will really help someone. My point in doing these podcasts is to make a difference for someone. Even if it's one person with one regulation, it's worth it to me. So even though not very many people listen, I have many followers, and I know that a lot of people look at the regulations, and even if they're looking at them themselves and not listening to anything I have to say about them, that's great too because very smart people put these regulations together to begin with. And so I think that um, if more people learn to navigate to the regulations themselves and really look at them and think about them and implement programs within their facilities, I think it can make a big difference for the elderly population. And so that's my whole point is to make a difference. You know, it's not to make money, to gain popularity, to I'm getting nothing. So um, my main point is just trying to eventually one day make a difference. And I know that with some of these podcasts, I have made a difference because people have told me. So Uh, that's the purpose. So I hope that you have a good day and I hope that if you're working in long-term care, you will start to learn to navigate the regulations and you will teach the people that you work with. It's so important for the dietary manager, the activity director, the assistant director of nursing, the director of staff development, if you're lucky enough to have a director of staff development, And the infection control nurse, all of those people need to know how to find the rules that they're supposed to follow to keep your residents safe and happy. So have a good day. I will do my next podcast later.